I'm Hannah Trump, and this is the Hypocritical Podcast. The healthcare industry is slow to change and at times even slower to embrace innovation. Fax machines, patient portals, and complicated compliance solutions are everywhere. The challenges of these outdated and vulnerable technologies only make data breaches, HIPAA fines, and cybersecurity threats more prevalent. On today's episode, Sierra Langston and Michael Mead of the Medical Cost Saving Solution discuss HIPAA compliance, healthcare industry challenges, and unencrypted data transfers. Hi, Michael. Can you provide some background on the Medical Cost Saving Solutions? Sure. Uh, The Medical Cost Saving Solution is a cost containment company. Our clients include health sharing ministries, self-funded business, and uh, self-funded insurance companies, and also self-pay patients. We use uh, repricing methodologies, uh, advocacy, bill negotiation to save our clients' uh, healthcare dollars. Over the last three years, we've actually saved our clients' uh, collective $1.5 billion um, from their healthcare bills. Wow, that's crazy. That's a huge amount. Yep. We also have uh, include a TPA where we do uh, back office operations for self-funded employers and health sharing clients where we process claims, medical bills, provider disputes to member services and provider service uh, calls and handle the financial aspect paying the providers. So all around uh, business, but both cost containment and, and uh, back office solutions for health sharing ministries and, and self-funded uh, insurance companies. Well, fabulous. And I know that you are the chief operating officer. Can you provide some more background on yourself and your current role? So I am uh, in charge of all operations of both the cost containment and the TPA or back office operations. Uh, I have uh, 86 employees. I am in charge of IT uh, and in charge of uh, client uh, relations. Okay. I report right to the CEO who owns the company. Yeah, you you wear a lot of hats. So when you mentioned IT and you being head of IT, how does you know HIPAA really involved in that role? Well, it's uh, it's very involved because we deal uh, directly with both the patients and the members. So we're uh, we're always trying to make sure that the patients, the members, are not uh, sending PHI out in the open or faxing it or or anything along those lines. So. We utilize a lot of technology and a lot of policies and procedures put in place to safeguard that PHI. Even providers tend to like to just fax things wide open with no cover sheet uh, or with a very small cover sheet at the top. So uh, we have to be very careful since we're dealing with people who sometimes email their bills uh, to us through AOL. Mm. Um, So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the everyday concern for me. Right. Nobody wants a data breach. So I'm sure that is top of mind um, for you every day. So I know that that you have been in healthcare for about 14 years. Can you discuss some challenges for the healthcare industry that you are really seeing now? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's still that coordination between doctors, providers, and other specialists through sharing of, uh, of information, even Today, with statewide EHRs, uh, for instance, in Ohio, where I'm at, we have ClinicSync, and as a statewide EHR, facilitates sharing of medical records between providers and hospitals and specialists. And even today, that's still uh, it's still a hindrance in everyday healthcare, where 
it tends to be the patient is carrying around their records with them, another HIPAA issue, going from one doctor to the next so that doctor has all the pertinent information they need in order to facilitate care. Um, next is obviously transparency uh, with the pricing. That's a big one for me mm-hmm. in my current role, where even though uh, the latest uh, executive order, latest regulation coming uh, last year, and which required uh, hospitals to publish their fee schedules, really didn't help because if you're looking for orthopedic surgery, for instance, rotator cuff, that surgery has its own HICPIC code uh, on the charge master, but there's also the actual medical uh, materials that has a cost. There's the anesthesiologist that has a cost. There's the follow-up care that has a cost. And we're looking, uh, we're working with regulators and the government to see if we can get some type of global rate or some type of uh, grouper like DRG to help uh, better explain what pricing would be for a patient when they're looking to get care from a hospital or a provider. And I know you mentioned a ton of challenges and a little bit of a solution for, but do you have any more solutions to the challenges that you had mentioned? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are experiencing the same things. Well, again, you know, it's mostly research, research, research. A lot of the information is out there. It's just very tough to aggregate very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so utilizing a, uh, a company kind of like MCS, where we have all that data, we have the cost to charge ratios. Uh, we have the, a lot of historical bills and historical charges related to those bills over time that can help a patient or help a, a self-funded employer group or a health ministry understand what the appropriate amounts to pay, especially when there's a lot of egregious billing going out there. And egregious billing is a loaded word. It doesn't mean that it's on purpose. It just means that that's how they typically bill because the con- a, their contract with the insurance company designates what's really going to pay. Hmm. So there's always a discrepancy between what is being billed and what is actually going to be paid by Medicaid, Medicare, and the different insurance companies that they have contracts with. So a lot of it is calling and and getting a deep understanding, doing your research, um, and uh, utilizing a cost containment company, or if you're a self-pay patient, a patient advocate, uh, which is easily found on the internet that can help you navigate those types of issues related to pricing and what is really fair pricing when you don't have a contract with that provider. And I know that you mentioned research on trying to really stay abreast of the latest things that are out there. So are you seeing any new innovative healthcare related technology that is emerging or that our listeners should be aware of? Well, you know, Internet of Things is obviously always on the horizon. New IoT devices are coming out every day. I just recently saw last week a handheld device that takes all your vitals, including blood pressure. It doesn't include a cuff. You just hold it in the palm of your hands. Oh, wow. And that will transfer that biometric data back to your provider or to the cloud that can then be made available to your provider or providers. But again, you know, HIPAA comes into play there. So it'd be interesting to see how they protect that data and make sure that it's available only to those that are needed. Uh, the, the access to it. Uh, but again, uh, IoT, Internet of Things, every day I see something new and innovative that's going to really help people manage their health and, and get the health care they need uh, better, cheaper, faster uh, over time. So yeah, exciting times. Uh, every day I see something new. I know that you were the HIPAA security officer for a different company in the past. 
How have you trained your team on HIPAA compliance? Well, actually, I'm I'm still the IT security officer of this company because we don't have a CIO. So I, I'm uh, kind of like the COO and CIO. And I've been uh, the IT security officer at two health plans and a hospital. So obviously, you know, training not just for HIPAA security, but cyber security, uh, working very closely with the privacy officer to make sure that uh, the privacy concerns are, are programmed into there. Uh, continuous reminders, newsletters, uh, as often as possible, uh, if not weekly, monthly, uh, and then obviously the yearly training, year, uh, yearly assessment to make sure that everybody understands it, having the policies and procedures readily available and easily, uh, easily read and, and used is, you know, is, is just the basic framework for uh, ensuring HIPAA security. Everybody understanding what those policies and procedures are, who to, who to go to, who to what to refer to. Uh, obviously, having that cybersecurity training uh, also about uh, email phishing, especially in the environment that I'm in now because we deal with a lot of email. Again, the uh, just training and certificate, training and assessments, and and communication as often as possible, making sure those policies are readily available and accessible to everyone. Right, and you know we talk about this a lot. I talk about this a lot on our podcast. Is user error being a huge component of uh, PHI breaches? So, um, I completely agree with yes. you. training is super important. We get trained. We get fished. I've been fished. Everyone on our team has been fished. Yeah, so, yeah just knowing what those um, attack attack vectors are, um, are threat actors are doing, and what those emails look like, and education awareness on the greatest and most recent um, phishing scams. So, yeah, I think that's great. Oh, yeah, and also for us, we also we do a lot of faxing because a lot of providers out there still don't use electronic email or and they require faxing. And so part of our HIPAA training is verifying the fax number. So you're not faxing PHI to the wrong fax number and making sure that all the title sheets have that correct uh, disclaimer information at the bottom. So it's not just cybersecurity. It's not just email. It's also as non, uh, non-cyber as just a regular fax machine. I'm glad you mentioned that because we did a white paper last year in 2020 and, you know, basically why the fax is dead. And so a, a lot of healthcare companies, and we did statistics about how many healthcare companies are still using fax and the challenges with that. And it's it's an overwhelming amount. So I'm glad that you're um, talking about some of the things that you're doing with fax. And lastly, the majority of PHI breaches result from unencrypted data and the transmission of unsecured PHI over open networks. How are you currently keeping your company's PHI safe? Well, again, we do a lot of emails. So obviously, we're using Fallbox. Uh, you guys offer a great, uh, very simple solution that took me less than a half hour to set up 80 email addresses. Um, we also have full auditing turned on within Exchange. So we know who's accessing what and, mm-hmm. and where. We have a front end on top of our main email address, which is a web portal internal only that allows us to see all those emails coming in and trace them and track them. And then, of course, that portal is uh, totally HIPAA certified. So we know who's accessing what, when, what's being transferred, what's being downloaded, what's um, what's not. And then, of course, we have your, your typical uh, HIPAA requirements where we have 
you know, how long are we going to allow it in that queue? Mm. Uh, who's going to be allowed to have access to it? Because we, one of our clients, some of our employees actually are members of that client. So we want to make sure that only one person has access to those records uh, and so forth. So it's a combination of call box, especially for email, uh, HIPAA secure facts, a, a web portal that's been HIPAA certified, uh, and, or software that's through a portal that's been HIPAA certified. Right. Everything is encrypted, even not in REST. So all, our entire database is completely encrypted and is unencrypted over the wire to the front end, uh, which makes it the software a little bit slower, but not too slow. It's still usable, but it makes sure that we're completely HIPAA compliant. And no paper. We're completely paperless. We do not print anything. I appreciate you going really granular about your IT stack and how you're doing that. I'm sure that's going to be really valuable for listeners. For more resources on HIPAA compliance, email encryption, and how to dump the fax machine from your organization, visit pawbox.com slash blog. Have you registered for our next free webinar? On June 2nd, Tony Uceda-Velez, CEO of Versprite, and Travis Taylor, account executive at Pawbox, will analyze the evolving health threat landscape and how to mitigate risk. Patty Padmanaban, CEO of Dama Consulting, will moderate this webinar. To register, send me an email at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at pawbox, P-A-U-B-O-X, dot com, or go to pawbox.com slash webinars. Have you attended one of our Zoom social mixers? Our May mixer is coming up. Every month, our customers and non-customers gather to network and discuss industry trends with their peers. Every attendee receives a free adult beverage of their choice delivered to their door day of. Attendance is completely free. If you're interested in attending, please email me at hannah at pawbox.com and I will get you registered for our May event. Don't forget, you can listen to every episode of the Hypocritical Podcast on pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hypocritical Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Trum, signing off.